Guess what? What? This episode officially starts our second year. So we have more than one season? We have more than one season. We've been renewed. We didn't even take a break. We didn't. Oh, my God. And you know what? I don't think we're going to. You know what? I don't think we are either. We've got so much coming up. So many super cool things. You know what? Just keep listening because this is coming out, what, sometime in October? Yeah, you're going to hear this sometime in October. And it's officially year number two. And in year number two, season two, we've got some twists and turns planned that you're not going to see coming. So stick around for that. Definitely. Um, And... Yeah, go ahead. You've probably heard some special episodes by now, and if you haven't, look for them. Yeah, please go take a look, find them, and please keep listening. We don't ask you for money. We don't ask you for anything. We just give you our time. And, uh, and But we do have a coffee page if anyone is interested. We do. We do. We need to post that, get it out there so everyone can see it. <laughs> we made this a year ago, and we've never we've told never anyone we put it up. It. We need to do that, because if you guys want to... To help us out and you want to pay for us to do an episode or that you got a place that you want us to try and you want to and you want to put the money up for it and tell us what to try. We'll absolutely try it and we'll be completely honest, whether it's brutally honest or or not. We'll we'll see. That remains to be seen. All right. A little brutal. It's fine. So welcome to year two, season two, whatever we want to call it. Um, I am so stick so with us, excited. and I can't wait to tell you guys what we're doing this year. So. I want, I want to, I want to just I give the give Christmas them... present early, but I also want to wait. I literally have like an agenda mm-hmm. typed out that I'm like, oh, I could, I could send it out right now, and everyone would know. Yeah. Let Let's just put it this way. I think there is a need for us to start an official like online calendar. Because oh my we're gosh. at that point right now. Yes, we are. All right, awesome. Well, again. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for sticking with us. We love you guys. Stay creepy. And happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. All right. Welcome back to Main Corpse. And uh, today we um, have part two of our uh, Cleveland Strangler episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, excited for you guys to hear that. We are um, live at the farmer's market in Bridgeport. And we're going to try. So if you hear any background noise, that's that's why you're hearing it. Um, I'm Matt. And I'm Kelsey. And Kelsey, do you want to walk us through the food we have? I know we have yes. something from, as I had said on the previous podcast, Leroy's Bakery. No. Um, I know we have something from them. Yeah, so um, they provided us with um, a vanilla cupcake for today's episode. And I'm really excited to try it. They um, use these really pretty um, pink pearl sprinkles on it um for breast cancer awareness not just because it's october but his wife is also an oncologist Mm -hmm. so um i think that's really really neat and i i'm just looking at it and the crumb on this cupcake is so impressive i can't wait to try it i i'm i'm dying to get into it yeah and i'm gonna say this too not only is the cupcake impressive as a as a as a group they are very impressive. They came over mm-hmm. and were talking to us earlier, and um, I just love them. They're, yeah. they're super awesome. So, Yep. Um, we also have kolache that I picked up from the Bread Bowl. 
and um, they are, I think, an in-home bakery as well, but all of her stuff has been really impressive so far, and I'm really excited to try it. This one is jalapeno, cheddar, and sausage. And um, I went to the Neighborhood Kombucheri. Uh, you guys have heard them on this podcast before. We've talked about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked up um, a pumpkin cranberry and pumpkin spice mix um, kombucha. And it, it looks really good. And he said it's very popular uh, for everybody to do that today. So we went with the uh, the in crowd and did the same thing. Because we're cool. Because we are super cool. All, All right. right. Do we want to start with the cupcake or the kolache? Let's start with the kolache oh, first. Nice. And we will do it like a, uh, we'll do it like a, like a meal. All right, All right. sounds good. Oh my God, this is good. I have a giant piece of sausage in mine. I mean, who? I have, I have never tried a kolache before, but now I regret every moment of my life that was not eating kolache. It kind of reminds, it's, 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 it's like a pepperoni roll. Uh, that's what I was thinking. With just an entire piece of sausage in it. Um, it's it's really nice. So the sausage actually retains its um, snap when you bite into it. Yeah. It's got a very, very nice um, texture to the grain mm-hmm. of the sausage. The jalapenos are very pronounced and it's super, super cheesy. So um, I like it a ton. Yeah, definitely. That's really, really good. I'm going to save the rest of that and let Brittany try it. Where did you get that? Oh, so we have a guest at our table right now. Uh, and we, sorry, we're recording right now. You are it's okay uh we're live so it's okay we're we're at a farmer's market um (laughs) we got it uh we got got this at the bread the bread bowl and it is look at this by the way it it is just a gigantic piece of sausage yeah the bread bowl is just right over there they're fantastic i am not a uh an American, so the, the, whatever you call those, yeah, everybody loves the pepperoni rolls. Yeah, yeah, it's not my thing. I love but them. That this looks is different. Really good. Yeah, try that. Brand. I mean, I know people love them. Yeah, it is. It's just uh, literally a whole piece of sausage yeah. and jalapeno. It's so I can buy delicious. Over there. Right over there. Uh, we just picked they, it up. Yeah, I was gonna say if they still have any. And yeah, tell them. Your podcast, <laughs> oh, you're totally Listen fine. to the episode. You'll you'll be on it. You're you're here talking <laughs> to us. Oh, oh really? really? Okay. Oh, we will also, stop by and talk to us. Stop by and talk to us here a little bit. All right. All right. So, so. Um, like we said, we are live, so expect that to happen. Uh, people come up and want to talk to us. It's awesome. So, uh, the next thing we have is from. <laughs> I'm gonna let you own this. Go ahead. Leroy's Bakery, um, spelled Leroy's, but it is Leroy's. Um, we confirmed today. <laughs> <laughs> we confirmed that. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Kelsey was right. Yes. And I was wrong. So good. And I own that. This is clearly made from scratch. Oh my gosh. I'm speechless. It's that good. I so, was right. The crumb is perfect. The crumb is. The actual texture of the cake itself is maybe some of the best I've ever had. It is so. It reminds is a me of. a little bit of almond in it? It tastes like it. It reminds me a little bit of the texture of cornbread in the best way possible. Um, it is incredibly moist. Um, I, I'm just trying to give people like a, a visual because you know how cornbread's a little grainy. Um, it's perfect like that. Um, and it has um, an amazing like balance to the sweetness. Um, that's just awesome. And again, guys, if you're hearing background noise, we are live and people are just kind of kind of coming around us here so i'm going to try one more bite of this and then give Brittany the rest okay mm. and i think the last thing we have to try is the new kombucha 
So, again, the kombucha came from the neighborhood kombuchery um, out of Morgantown, and oh, it is cranberry it pumpkin so mixed with pumpkin spice, and I am so into this. I've been making mine for five years now. Kombucha. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's awesome. What, did, did she need to see what it was? No, where where are they located? Which booth? Um, the bread bowl. Bread the bread, bread bowl? bowl. Right over there. <clears throat> yep. All right. Bread bowl. We love you guys. And we we're do. sending business your way, as you can hear. Literally. We are sending them right now. Okay. They're, they're walking over to you. So this has less of the um, hoppy flavor of the last one we tried, the one with the ginger. Um, but it's got that lovely cranberry tang to it and that like almost vinegary aftertaste. And it is, I've never had a kombucha that I was like, oh my God, this is, this is so good. And I could drink this all day. Yeah. So I was talking to him and he said, we did the pumpkin spice as like a novelty. And he was like, and then I tried it and it was amazing. Um, so it, it really, really is good. So totally agreed. Not me casually stealing that out of your um, hand. Great across the board. I spilled some on my shirt somehow. So um, it happens. We are oh good my there. God, this was so it's, it's really, really good. I might actually get a growler of this. I, it's, it's that good. And again, yeah. you just mix it. Just mix it, tell them to mix yeah. both of them together. So, yeah, overall, a, another amazing day here at the uh, the Bridgeport Farmer's Market trying amazing food. Uh, and I'm so glad yeah. we tried such good food because we are about Me to too. get into the nuts and bolts of oh. this case. And I am. Let's just do it. Are yeah. you ready? I'm, I think I'm ready. I think I am. So let's uh, let's jump right into it. All right. All right. So. Uh, yeah, let's get depressed. <sighs> okay. So let's start. Um, so last time we went over pretty much what happened and we talked about the victims, which I feel is probably the most necessary thing to do. But let's get a little bit deeper into what happened after. So what what was the name of the killer one more time? Anthony Sowell. He, Anthony Sowell. If you look him up, he is known as the Cleveland Strangler. Oh, boy, that, that, that first episode... Um, I walked away um, sad. Yeah, me too. It was rough. It was rough. Okay. All right. So at the time of his arrest, Anthony was 50 years old. He'd been living in his home for, you know what? How many years do you think he was living there to kill 11 people? What year did he get out of prison? 2005. To get through 11 people and hide 11 bodies? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what year he was arrested. I'm not going to tell you. Don't tell me. Um, I'm going to go with... Because I feel like you... I feel like a, there's no way a serial killer in modern times, which 2005 on, would be pretty modern. And there's no way they're going to get away with more than two murders a year. So I'm going to say six years. Cool. He was only there for four. Four years. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, if you look at when his victims disappeared, they didn't start disappearing until 2006. So he did that in the span of three years. And he and he was hiding them in the crawl space and the basement of his house. And his backyard. Don't forget the backyard. But see, the backyard, the backyard, I can forgive people for not knowing that there was something back there. When they're hidden in the crawl space of a house, 
how could something not come to light sooner? I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going off on a No, team. no, no. You're totally fine because we haven't gotten to soapbox this at all. So let's do it. Um, here's the thing. He didn't have people over once his stepmother was in the hospital. He didn't have people over who weren't there for crack. Okay. So they were all on crack. Okay. No, I, it makes it makes sense. It it does, but I hate at the that same it time it sense. doesn't. It, it just yeah, okay. All right. <sighs> Anthony was held on a 5 million dollar bond which no one gussied up for him. Of course. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can believe that. All right. Well, I can't believe after having murdered all of his friends that no one would bring. That no one would would step forward and help him out there. All right, so the trial was originally supposed to be June 2nd of 2010, but it did get delayed several times to give the attorneys more time to prepare for trial. And not just the um, defense attorneys, also the prosecuting attorneys. They wanted a solid case where they were going in, they were going to get what they needed to get, and there wasn't going to be any question about the evidence that they had. And it was a lot so it was a lot to go through. It, it it feels like it would have to be a lot because part of me thinks that he might be, just from listening to this, the single sloppiest serial killer <laughs> I have ever heard of in my entire life. I don't think he was the sloppiest. Oh. We've definitely talked about sloppier killers. But that is so... Like... To just hide them all over your house and be like, yeah, it'll be fine. No one's going to know. So I was, while I was doing my research, I'm going off on a tangent and I apologize, Brittany and everybody else listening to this. But do you remember when my last killer became an issue for the FBI? Yes. 2009? Mm-hmm. Also 2009? Yeah. So I'm wondering if part of the reason we weren't really looking into um, James was because of Anthony. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. It's just a theory. I love conspiracy and, theories. And the, well, and the thing is, you really can't escape some of the similarities between those two. I mean, just listening. Oh my to god, their I have a type. <laughs> yeah, they they have some similarities. They really do. Uh, prostitutes. Check. Uh, bad home life. Drugs. Drugs. Check. Uh-huh. Uh, all all the above. I mean, yeah. So you can you can certainly see that there is a type at work here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to have to go over that in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so the trial begins finally on June 6th, 2011, a year later than what it was originally supposed to be held on. He was charged with 11 counts of aggravated murder, 74 counts of rape, kidnapping, tampering with evidence, and abuse of a corpse. I don't want to know what that is. I didn't see it in my research, and it's not information I ever need to have. Me either. So, he no, initially initially he pled guilty by reason of insanity. And I immediately lost my page. Ridiculous. I do that all the time when we're recording, by the way. Do you? I lose my place constantly. If you ever look over and well, I'm doing like, this, I like to, trying like, to go through my phone or computer. I really tried quick. to move it down really quick with yeah. just like my keyboard and mm-hmm. immediately went back to page one. So he initially pled not guilty by reason of insanity, but eventually he did change that to just not guilty. I don't know what happened or why, but probably he couldn't prove he was insane would be my guess. Um, 
one of the women who escaped him, I'm going to say her name is pronounced Tanya. It's T-A-N-J-A, Tanya. Mm -hmm. That would make sense. Tanya Doss told jurors that he had invited her to smoke crack at his house and watch the Cavaliers play the Lakers. When the game was over, the night went sour quickly. Once the game ended, Sal began choking her without warning. He told her to knock three times on the floor if she wanted to live, and when she did, he let her go and commanded her to remove all of her clothing. Gladys Wade, another one of the victims that survived, told jurors that her encounter with Sal began pleasantly. She saw him standing outside and greeted her with a Merry Christmas. She returned it, and he asked if she wanted to come in and celebrate with a drink. She declined, and suddenly Sal was on her, dragging her by the neck to the third floor of his home. She tried to scream for help, only to be punched repeatedly. He demanded that she take off her clothes. She ran for the back stairs, but Sal caught her, and she fell down the stairs. The scuffle continued, and Sal choked her while yelling, "'Bitch, you can scream all you want. You're gonna die.'" She managed to escape by clawing at his face, eyes, and groin. She reported the attack to the police who arrested Sal that night at his home. When Gladys took her complaint to the police, she was told he'd gotten just gotten out for doing something really similar, and but it was his word against hers. City defenders deemed Wade not credible, and Sal was released without charges. The prosecutor said there wasn't enough evidence against him to keep him in jail. After this, he went on to kill six more people. Vanessa Gay, a former crack addict, was lured into Sal's home September 2008 with the promise of drugs and alcohol. There's a pattern here. Yeah. She remembers him asking her to turn around. And she thought in her drunken stupor that he just wanted her to, you know, do a little spin and show off a little bit, you know? She turned and he grabbed her by the neck. She jerked away, but then he hit her in the face. He made her lay on her stomach before taking a cut piece of what she called extension um, cord and wrapped it around her neck. She said when she woke up, he was sitting in a chair that he'd brought into the room. She said even he seemed surprised that she woke up. He then raped her repeatedly until dawn, until she talked her way out of the house. She called police for help, but a dispatcher told her she had to come to the station to file a report. Without transportation and severely injured, she managed to make her way to a friend's house instead. It took three weeks before a detective got a hold of her. Now, this... She says they didn't try to get a hold of her prior to that. However, the um, detective's department did say that she was just really hard to find. Like, they went to her mom's house, and her mom said good luck because she was severely addicted to crack at the time and just doing whatever. Um, she did go ahead. You look like you want to say something. Am, am I the only one right now thinking that if a woman calls the police and says a man just choked me almost to death, bound me and raped me all night long before I was able to escape, Am I the only one thinking that the response being, well, honey, you got to come down to the police station to file a report is completely 100% unbelievably 
asinine. Uh, impossible to believe. It feels very much to me like the, nah, they're not missing for 24 hours. Come back later. I, I mean, I understand that, especially in, in places in a place like Cleveland, which, by the way, I, I like Cleveland. There are areas of Cleveland I've been to that I really enjoy. But there There's are a little some Asian bakery there out of this world. There are some very, very rough areas of Cleveland. And I understand that the police who work those areas are overworked, overwhelmed. I get all of that. But there comes a point where it is... Um, incomprehensible to me that someone could report that this has happened to them and the police don't even send somebody out immediately to speak with them. Um, I get saying, oh, she's a crack addict. She's a drug addict. She can't believe what she says. Even Even if the person were lying about it, you can't take a chance like that. Um, you need to get there and you need to find out what's happening. That could have saved lives had they listened. Uh, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, so she did try to report the attack a second time in 2009, but the police laughed in her face. Her story remained unheard until she stood out before a judge during a hearing for a probation violation in 2010. This one's my favorite. So they, I'm sh- so they sure as hell came quick when she violated her probation. So maybe that's what she should have done all along: is, is is violate the law so that they would come and get her, so that she could actually be heard. That's absolutely crazy. That's oh, that pisses me off. Go ahead. My favorite episodes are the ones where you end up on a soapbox <sighs> instead of me. It just makes me so mad. It's <laughs> unreal. Listen to this. Two weeks before Sal's arrest, um, video footage of a woman jumping from the second story window of his home actually exists. I've seen it. She had been lured into his home with the promise of crack, and he attempted to kidnap her, threatened her, um, and told her if she screamed, if she tried to escape, um, he would kill her immediately. So the first thing she does is start screaming, right? Yeah. So she starts screaming, and he immediately starts running to all the windows and shutting them. This man, this man's not bright. He didn't go to the window directly behind her first. Remember the thing I said about sloppy? This is what I meant. This is unreal. (laughs) This is unreal. Yeah. Well, he's never had to do that before, you know? Um, So, by the way, my thought process is this is the same room that the other woman was in because she was also on the second story of his house, mm-hmm. the one that woke up. So he's got a he's got a place in the house that he goes. No, normally it's probably upstairs because okay. that's where they for the most part hang out on the third floor. Got it. Okay. But yeah, it was Vanessa who um was also in the second story. But my guess is it's the same room. And this is after his mother is his stepmother is in the hospital. Um, so he threatened her and told her, you can't scream, whatever, I'll kill you. And <sighs> she was sitting in front of a window herself. And just before he could shut it, she dove out of that window. She said she just prayed that she was just not injured enough from diving out of the window. She could get away. Um, a passerby saw um, him come out after her. He was, they were both fully nude, um, saw him come out after her and called 911. 
but he gave some sob story about how he was actually her husband and they were just messing around and she fell out the window and et cetera, et cetera. And she was just hurt enough that she wasn't conscious. And so they called the ambulance. The ambulance comes and gets her. She wakes up in the hospital and asks the nurse, hey, can I have a phone? I need to call my husband. He really needs to know I'm in the hospital. And the nurse says, your husband's already here. He came with you in the ambulance. It was Sal. He had come in the ambulance with her. And she didn't end up pressing charges. <clears throat> so anyway, on July 22nd of 2011, Anthony Sal was convicted on all but two counts. On August 10th, the jury recommended the death penalty. The judge in the case, Dick Ambrose, upheld the jury's recommendation and Sal was placed on death row September 14th. And see, this is where you think that this is the end of our story, but it's not. In November of 2011, his lawyers filed a notice of appeal with the Supreme Court of Ohio. His execution was originally set for October 29th of 2012, but... They made a motion for stay of execution. The motion was granted in April, pending final disposition of the appeal. One of the attorneys for Sal said he and the other attorneys had screwed up by not challenging a closed pretrial hearing, stating, frankly, we blew it. We should not have failed to raise it. We failed to. It was ineffectiveness on our part. In October, his new lawyers appealed to have his conviction and death sentence overturned on 21 separate points, some of which included attorneys were not allowed to inform the jury that Sal had offered a, to plead guilty if prosecutors took the death sentence off the table. He didn't. One of the points was he did not receive a fair trial due to extensive media coverage saying media attention was overwhelming, generating thousands of news stories and local coverage with both frenzy and sustained. Um, claiming that one outlet alone published nearly 270 full stories chronicling the life and death of each of the victims and that none of the stories could be considered sympathetic, favorable, or even neutral regarding Anthony Sowell. How do you feel about that, Matt? They shouldn't be sympathetic or favorable to Anthony is, is what I think about that. There's so so again, this is I, there. There are listen, there are rights for a reason, because you have to make sure that that people get their day in court. You have to make sure that people have their voices heard, whether they are innocent, whether they are um, guilty. But at the same time, how could you possibly paint him in a sympathetic light? with what was found in his home. There is, there is nothing. I, I feel bad for the man that he had a terrible childhood. Um, I feel bad for him that he was from the sound of it, addicted to drugs. Um, I feel bad that he had to live in what sounds like abject poverty in a very rough area of a rough city. However, none of that can excuse murdering in cold blood 11 women. Bare minimum. Because we don't know Ridiculous. If yeah. Absolutely ridiculous that they would even try. I, I get that they're, that they're hired to represent him, and they have to say something, and I guess that's what they chose. But, um, yeah. 
So in response, the prosecutors state that in their brief, um, the jury selection didn't reveal any actual bias and a defendant must show that the publicity actually biased at least one juror. The record reveals that every person who sat on Sal's jury gave repeated explicit assurances that they had either not heard any significant details of the case or would set such information aside and judge the case impartially solely based on the evidence. The brief also claims that the extent of media coverage was not any greater than that of Jeffrey Lundgren. Um, And his trial was more than 20 years earlier in Lake County, which apparently was not that far away. (sighs) So, the next point. The courtroom had been closed to the public, saying, During an evidentiary hearing and while a jury was picked... An open trial with the press and public present present imposes everybody involved a greater sense of propriety and importance of getting everything right. Um, The American Civil Liberties Union actually stated that Sal's rights were violated and were the first and so were the First Amendment rights of the public. An ACLU uh, friend of the court stated that the judge didn't detail or give any compelling reasons for having closed the courtroom. Um, Frida Levinson, an ACLU attorney, wrote, The Sal trial was marred by the exact type of closed-door proceedings that our jurisprudence condemns. County prosecutors for the Cuyahoga County. Cuyahoga. Cuyahoga. Thank God you're here for me. Yeah. Cuyahoga County said that the courtroom was closed during a 2010 evidence hearing to protect Sal's right to a fair trial and prevent any jury pool from being tainted. Um, the, the hearing was over whether or not evidence in the case should be suppressed or admitted as evidence in court, which makes sense that you don't want the jury to see all of it. Correct. If you're going to decide they can't have that information. Right. Um, And Christopher Schroeder, an attorney for the state, actually said that justices shouldn't remand the case for a new suppression hearing because none of the evidence that was in the hearing actually got kept from the trial. So, realistically, this is just all lawyer jargon that's Mm -hmm. not important because, suppressed or not, nothing actually got suppressed. (laughs) They felt that the death penalty should still stand. However conceded that a new hearing on whether to suppress evidence in court could be held pub- publicly and that would be fine. Um, the third point is literally my favorite. Are you ready for this? Yes. He received lousy legal representation and that is a quote. It's my favorite quote. They stated that Sal's attri- trial attorneys should have had their client plead guilty to killing women and then focus their efforts on preventing him from getting the death penalty. Prosecutors also contested that by stating the fact that the strategy didn't work and the jury found Sal guilty and recommended the death penalty is constitutionally irrelevant to whether such a strategy was outside the wide range of reasonable professional assistance. So basically they said just because your thing didn't work sucks to suck. You picked that. (laughs) Just so good. Um, they stated that even had they skipped the whole guilt phase, the aggravating circumstances outweighed the mitigating factors by a wider margin for this case. 
In September 2014, the court asked both parties to address specifically those three issues. On April 5th of 2016, the Ohio Supreme Court heard arguments from Sal's attorneys and the Cuyahoga County DA representing the state of Ohio regarding the merits of a closed pretrial suppression hearing prior to the trial and the defendant's right to a fair public trial. His lawyers argued that his Sixth Amendment right was violated by closing the suppression hearing to the press and the court should commute his death sentence to life imprisonment as a remedy to the structural error that resulted in the violation. They also argued that the council had made errors and urged the Ohio Supreme Court to send the case back to the Cuyahoga County for re for a retrial. The state then argued that his Sixth Amendment right had not been violated via the closed pretrial suppression hearing, and it wouldn't have affected the outcome at the trial anyway, stating that there was overwhelming evidence and that Sal's attorneys were the ones who multiple times in his presence for the jury selection had asked that it be done privately without cameras. Oh, wow. Okay, so... so Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. What a mess. This is... This is so much better than the first episode because this is just all, like, play yard recess style bullshit. Yeah, that's wild. By the way, if you guys hear anything in the background, someone is cutting their yard and it's getting into our into our recording. My apologies. <laughs> um, I don't tell Alex that we record on Sundays. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Valuable service. All right. So the court <laughs> asserted that Sal had never denied his guilt. And the heinous nature of the crimes, coupled with the mitigating evidence to deny imposing the death penalty, warrants affirming the death sentence. So, basically, y'all might have fucked up, but it doesn't matter, because you couldn't have been good enough to have gone above and beyond the evidence. Um, in a 5-2 to two opinion, the trial court was found to have failed to journalize all of the findings necessary to close the proceedings. However, that failure did not warrant a new hearing on the suppression of evidence or for a new trial. So, December 8th of 2016, the Ohio Supreme Court rejected the next appeal from Sal, affirming his aggravated murder convictions and death sentence. In May of 2017, he appealed the U.S. Supreme Court, who, in October, chose not to hear him. Wow. In February of 2018, the Ohio Supreme Court denied his request to reopen his appeal. In May of 2020, the state of Ohio's 8th District Appellate Court denied his appeal again. February 8th of 2021, he died in prison due to a non-COVID-related terminal illness. He had been moved in January to an end-of-life care in a local hospital. Um, yeah. As someone who is not, and and I, I'm sorry if I if I cost us any listeners with this comment. I hope you don't. I, I am not pro-death row. I am not pro-death penalty. I have my own personal reasons for it, but if we have to do it, this is one that we probably should have expedited. Um... I mean, it really sucks that he got to end his life in the care of a hospital and quiet like that after what he did. 
So Michael and I were talking about this, and my opinion on this is that he had to suffer through a debilitating illness of some kind that required hospice. I feel like maybe he got his. I mean, if they buried him between some floorboards somewhere. Yeah. Um, who knows? I, I just, the violence that he, the, the, the violence with which he um, dispatched his victims, I don't know that that's enough for him. I, I, I guess I, I guess I just sound cruel right now, but uh, that that's that's rough. But either way, um, at least he uh, at least he had to serve some time um, for it. Quite a bit of time, a long time. Actually, sounds like about ten years he yeah. was in prison. So, so that's twenty five years of his life in prison. Yeah. So um, let's talk about some of the things he did while he was in prison. He um, he began sending letters and cards to a place called SerialKillerInc.net. Um, they listed two envelopes for sale. He also sent a Christmas card and it was addressed to a California woman that stated he was available to correspond with her saying, so if you need someone to talk to, I'm here for you. So tell me what you want to know about me. I want to know about you. What type of woman are you? Do you have a man in your life? The letters he addressed to employees at the company, um, we're selling for $200. The envelopes, just the envelopes for 100 The Christmas card was also $200. Now, let's talk a little bit about this site. It also sells artwork, letters, and personal items from some of the country's most infamous killers. Um, in one letter, Sal talked about his ex-wife, who had died in 1998, and also wrote that he can only receive money orders and not cash. He sounded relatively upbeat in his letters, saying they're treating me well here. Later, he wrote, I am in need of just about anything, so anything you can do to help me out is a blessing. Were people actually sending this man money to help him? Kevin McDonoghue, a warden at the county jail he was being held at at the time, stated, A lot of people just really wanted to see his soul. Many people wanted to be his friend or pen pal. Criminals in Ohio aren't allowed to make money by selling their stories to book publishers and filmmakers. However, selling letters doesn't violate any state laws. In November of 2012, he released a letter through the website to the people of Cleveland. I tried to find it and I couldn't. <clears throat> um, so that's a thing. How do you feel about that site? Um... It, it pisses me off, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I so I'm going to talk for a minute about why I even so I even wanted to do this show to begin with. I, I wanted to do the show because I feel like, and I'm not going to call out anyone. Do your own thing. Um, do what you want to do um, with with your platform. But I feel like there are way too many outlets that um, glorify serial killers. And that makes serial killers seem cool and edgy and interesting. And I was very interested in reporting um, or talking about serial killers in a way that makes them seem like what they are. Human garbage. Garbage. Just absolute garbage. Um, that, are, that are not worthy of you caring about. Um, I like that we spend more time talking about victims most of the time than we do about actual killers. And I, I think that um, I think that 
if you want to go buy it, go ahead. If you're listening to the show and you own one of those, I like I put that up there with owning like wanting to own something that Hitler owned as far as I'm concerned, like that, that type of thing. Um, I, I'm just not interested in it. I, I find it repulsive to be honest. So you're going to hate what the man that owned the <laughs> convenience store across the street from Sal's home said. Okay. He thought of Sal as a very well-spoken, nice guy and said for the first two years, um, he was that way before he started really getting into, um, crack cocaine. Um, but during his interview, he may, and this doesn't, I didn't have any other place to put this, but I felt like it was really, really, really something I should say because it's, I've never seen this point of view on a serial killer before. He said, um, he wished for more of Anthony Sal. He wished for a million of them because Anthony Sal was cleaning up the garbage. That's a direct quote. And you know there's people out there that feel that way, and I know I can see how angry you are, and I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it, it's but, okay. There's no <laughs> no human life is garbage. No human life is garbage. I agree. Um, none. Not a, not a single one. Whether you like them or not, whether you agree with what they've done with their life. Um, well, and there, and honestly, that's the reason I I personally oppose the death penalty because I don't think it's my choice. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the court's decision to speak for everybody and say, everybody would prefer you dead. Uh, that, that's not, I, I don't I think it's less that. everybody and more the overwhelming majority. If that makes yeah, you feel better. It is. It is. Um, but there's a reason that I oppose the death penalty and it's because I don't think there exists a life that is not, that is not worthwhile in some manner um having said that he's certainly entitled to his opinion but those people have people who love them have people who cared for them and wanted to see them get well and now those people get to go through holidays they get to go through um birthdays they get to go through the rest of their life wondering what would where would we be if this man hadn't taken the person that i loved yeah, definitely. Everybody feels. Some people feel the way that gentleman feels. Um, A I lot want of people do, I to think. hear them say that when it's somebody that they love that I gets agree. taken. And who gets to pass that judgment? I'll leave the it. The same. That. The same people that took all of my rights away this year. Yeah. Um, okay. Love so, it. are you ready to end on a much better note? Absolutely. Wonderful. Please. So, <laughs> after Sal's conviction. Um, in December, his former residence at 12205 Imperial Avenue was demolished by the Order of City Leaders. Do you want to know what they did with that? What my did they dude? do with it? All right. July 16th of 2021, ground was broken for the Garden of Eleven Angels Memorial. Um, it was dedicated on November 6th of that year. They made it from black granite, inscribed all 11 names of his victims with an angel. Um, several of the family members of victims cried at that memorial as their loved one was, was it was in, oh my gosh, I can't talk anymore. This is so exciting for me. And I didn't, I wasn't a part of this, but it's such a great thing. Several family members of the victims got to be there for the unveiling. There were speakers, all women who took the podium to express gratitude for the memorial 
that took 12 years to get together and make. Members of the victim's family, community leaders, organizers, activists, and artists all spoke during the ceremony. It's really beautiful. There's I'm actually have to go watch it. The, yeah. It's really, really beautiful. Um, and the takeaway from this is um, many, many of the family members who spoke said that they were so grateful that they had a spot to come and grieve their loved ones. Yeah, that's that's the way it should have been handled. And props to Cleveland for for making that happen, and and the people who helped to make it happen. Um, yeah, what a, what an amazing thing yeah, to do with that property. So uh, even even better than it being there, the, 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 it being there and, and all that getting to happen. I am very glad that the man who hopefully still owns that fucking convenience store across the street from it has to go to work he every does. day and understand that the people um, across the street mattered matter more than he does now so uh people will always remember their name i don't even know his so um, i didn't bother putting it in here yeah forget him hope um, he hears this so my takeaway from this <sighs> is i have so many questions about the sausage shop and how it stayed in business for yeah. four years people <clears throat> thinking it smelled like right. rotting rotting decay i keep thinking about that too and i'm like how i don't understand how this place kept doing business um I mean, they kept passing their health inspections for good uh, yeah, reason, but like, yeah, that's my takeaway here. Um, and what a wonderful thing that they could have done with something so horrible. Yeah, it's that's that's awesome, and um, I'm really glad to hear it. I'm going to go watch that, and we need to do more of that. The pastor, um, the pastor who prayed in front mm -hmm. of that home years before, is actually one of the people who spoke. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't it? That's awesome. It's a good one. And uh, you know, hey. Here, here's an idea. Instead of, you know, next time, instead of uh, paying money to go on a, a tour that takes you around to all the killing locations of famous serial killers, why don't you go around and say, where are the local schools at? Where are the local... And go look at all the places where the people that were murdered could have made their lives better and yeah. could have had a full life and could have been playing in the park with their kids. How about that? Ugh. We love it when I put Matt up on a soapbox oh, and he just stays there for two full episodes. I get so mad. That's, um, oh. But happy. It's a Beautiful good thing. Beautiful ending. Beautiful ending. As, I couldn't as end good, it any other way. As good as you can end it with a story like this. With bare minimum 11 victims. Actually, yes. 14 if 15 if you count all of the women who survived to testify. They should also put their names on the memorial. Yeah, I mean. They really should. Smaller script, but yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they... Because... I mean, how about how about the one who had to uh, jump out of a second-story window to, um, to save her own life? And I how think... about the one who had to be raped all night long... Only to be told that she was basically alive. I feel like Vanessa's story, that's the one you're talking about, yes. really affected me the most because yeah. she's so haunted by it. <sighs> I can only imagine. I mean, I can I can honestly only imagine what they what survivors must feel. But you know what? She survived and she is now no longer an addict. That's amazing. So congratulations, Vanessa. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. You you deserve nothing but the best for what you're absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Um, all of his victims deserve nothing but the best. I don't care if they were addicted to crack. I, I don't, don't care if, if they were prostitutes. Crack. I don't either. They don't deserve what happened to them. Oh, so, 
I promise I will bring something a little <laughs> bit lighter. I'm honestly going to say not much lighter, but like a little bit lighter next time. Yeah. Um, because I am also covering a serial killer the next time around, um, which uh, which should be it should be an interesting episode. So looking right. forward to it. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, stay creepy, guys. And I'm sorry I always bring the heat. All right. Do you want to tell them where they can listen to us at? <sighs> I suppose. You can listen to us <laughs> on Amazon iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, apparently Audible as well. Absolutely. And um, pretty much anywhere you can find really great podcasts, but also us. Stay creepy. And uh, if you get a chance to visit that memorial, if you're in Cleveland and listening to this, and you want to go by and just snap a picture for me to see, I would love, because I, I can look it up online, but knowing that someone actually goes by and takes a picture of it, went to visit it, do so, go visit it, send us proof, and we'll send you a free sticker. Yeah, you heard him, Will and Maria. I will absolutely... If anyone else in Cleveland, because <laughs> you have friends too, if you go do it and you and you do that, I will pay the shipping out of pocket. For you to go there, visit, I'll send you some things. All right. Awesome. I'll totally do it. All right, stay creepy, you weirdos. Bye.